Whoa there, space cowboy. Brokeback Bebop is a podcast with explicit content intended only for mature bounty hunters. Listener discretion is advised. Listen to all 40 steamy sessions of the show right now by supporting Brokeback Bebop at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay. Three, two, one. Butterflies? Everybody out there, welcome to Brokeback Bebop, another edition. We're here to talk about the second half of Cowboy Bebop the movie. It's very exciting and it's a little bittersweet because this is the last time we're going to talk about the OG incarnations of these characters. So yeah. uh, this last hour of this movie meant a lot to me. I'm glad to be here. Steven, hi. Hi, Zach. I'm glad to be here too. How, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I have such a strong love for this show and yeah. love for the animation. And I mean, I just got to rewatch one of my favorite scenes in anime, period. And I got to share Today, it with which you one? and now we can talk about it. Which part specifically? The final fight between... On top Spy- of the Eiffel yeah. Tower looking oh type of thing. Oh my god. Yeah, there's I some really great animation in that. Uh, great animation all over this. I want to ask you before we jump into stuff today, uh-huh. what's on your little anime shirt there, buddy? What are you oh, wearing? I'm happy you asked, Zach, because it's oh, a tie-in to the movie. I'm wearing a Mob Psycho 100 shirt okay. that Danny got me. Mob Psycho is one of my favorite animes. Um, also produced by Studio Bones, who had a huge hand in this mm-hmm. movie. Right. The new season just started. I haven't seen the episode yet. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Slacking. I know. I know. That's I really not like am. You. But key animator for this show, also key animator for this movie. Did they and Studio Bones? Did they work on the show as well? Uh, just the movie. Sunrise, okay. I think, did the show without them. Unless I'm mistaken, it might also be that Bones didn't exist at the time. I think it Fair. did have some of the same team, though. What are you watching then this week? If you haven't watched that, have you had time to watch anything? Are you watching any anime? Let's see. Anime-wise, I've been just stocking up the new season starting, and it has like some of the biggest titles. That exists. My Hero Academia, the new season, has started. There's two episodes out. Chainsaw Man starts in a couple of days, which Chainsaw is a super Man. highly anticipated That sounds one. silly. Chainsaw Man is a fucking nightmarish extravaganza. Chainsaw Man is fucking incredible. I've okay. read all the manga. I own all the manga. Neat. And it really highly anticipated anime release. And it's being done by the studio MAPPA that's doing, like, all the major releases right now. That at least, like, new titles are getting, like, all the work. But they also, like... Maybe you shouldn't praise them for that because their employees are super underpaid and overworked and, like, mm. people are, like, dying from exhaustion. But they're putting Jeez. out bangers, so it's okay. <laughs> so it's worth it. Yeah. So Chainsaw Man's lit. It's basically in a world where there are a bunch of different devils that exist, but the devil, the stronger the devil is, is linked to, like, what kind of devil it is. So, like, one of the strongest that exists is the gun devil because everyone's scared of fucking guns. There was a massive mass shooting, like, years before that, like, basically gave it, like, a shit ton of power because everyone's scared of guns. Guns are illegal. But then there's also, like, the mousetrap devil price hit person or like the chicken devil it's like you're not fucking scared of chickens so that one's not very strong but then there's like the mm. darkness devil where people are scared of the dark all over the world chainsaw so like, man yeah this is still chainsaw man so basically he becomes like the the chainsaw devil 
<laughs> and like people are kind of scared of chainsaws, you know. So he's he's pretty that strong. That sounds really silly. It's really wild. I can't <laughs> say it's not silly. Like the whole point is his motivation is like he was like a homeless like street kid, and he's like this really pretty girl, so I can grab her boob if I like do her work for her. So <laughs> that sounds lit. Never done that. Mob Psycho is starring season three. That show's incredible. Quick synopsis, just like my thing to it without going on for an hour because that show like makes me cry when i talk about it sometimes that's how much it means to me but it's basically about this kid who has like psychic powers but he just wants to be like a normal kid but he's like super awkward and weird and he like has a little brother that's super popular that like looks up to him and he looks up to his brother and like it's it's really cool he works for this like fake psychic guy who basically uses like his powers to like get like solve cases and stuff it's it's incredible it's it's one of the most beautiful shows both for its animation for its writing for its heart and for its like dive into what emotions are and why it's okay to feel them and that it's okay to not feel them too sometimes it's just it's brilliant it's incredible interesting mob psycho 100 is an incredible work of, of fiction that's one of those that i've heard enough about to be a little bit interested in i think you would really like it zach Really like it. Of like the few that I've said, you have to watch. That's how many one. times have you said that though? Like like of three. the few that I've said, <laughs> this is the one. Like three exact. or four, I feel like I've I've like really been like dick in hand. Like yeah. I'm gonna bust if you don't watch this, <laughs> and you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you as we start to dip our toe into the cowboy bebop of it all. What are some of your favorite anime movies outside of this one? Are there any that have stood out to you as being really strong? Yeah, off the top of my head, um, Princess Mononoke is my favorite. So it's I'm talking Ghibli. more like specifically based on a show. Oh, based on a show. Okay, you Konosuba can talk about movie. Ghibli, of course, but yeah, I was thinking... Konosuba movie uh-huh. is a uh, ten out of ten. It's absolutely hilarious. Like one of the is that hardest the I've ever. One? Yeah, There's I have laughed and rewatched that anime movie probably more than any anime movie other than Princess Mononoke. Wow. So it's, that one's hilarious. If ever you're like, I'm sad, I put that movie on and I laugh for an hour and a half. And it's is incredible. that one like if you've never seen the show, you could still, you could watch, still the watch it? Absolutely. Neat. You wouldn't Maybe like know all the characters, it. but like you get it. You you get the characters from five seconds of seeing them interact. It's kind of like it's always sudden. You're like, oh, they're pieces of shit. I get it. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty fantastic. The My Hero Academia movies are not bad. The second one I saw in theaters, and it was pretty, pretty good. I. Have I seen the third one? I did see the third one. All three are pretty solid. Let's see. Lupin the Third is a anime show that has had some pretty good movies. It's like about like a detective. The Pokemon movies obviously are really good. Are they all good or are they kind of? Like... I think the first one is incredible. The second one is really really good. The third one is my favorite of all of them. Fun fact. And then the fourth and fifth are solid as well. And then there's some hits and misses along the way after that. Well, why don't we talk about this one that's all hit, no misses. Let's do it. We're talking about the second half of Cowboy Bebop the movie today, otherwise known as Cowboy Bebop knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. I'm having deja vu. This is exactly what you think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this episode, episode, this film was directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, the screenplay by Keiko Nobumoto, cinematography by Yoichi Yogami, music by Yoko Kano, released in Japan on September 1st, 2001, and released in the U.S. on August 11th, 2002, limited, and then April 4th, 2003, theatrical, and let's zip-zap-zooey 
back on into it. I have a question to lighten things up, to change things up a little mm-hmm. bit. And I didn't even mention this until just now, so you can turn yeah. this down if you don't feel prepared. Should we change it up a little bit and have you do a recap of the first half to catch us up? Oh, I like that. Before Should I, of before course, do the second half. I, I, why don't we do that right now? Do you want to? Yeah, I'll go for it. Okay, do you want to do it typical? Do you want, for the first time on this show, do you want me to time you and to grade you on this? You can, but I gave you 30 seconds last time. I'll give you 30 seconds if you'd I'll like. I'll take 30. I, I know you need far fewer than 30 to get any job done, but I'll <laughs> give it to you if you want. I like to be able to skate around the edges, you know, take a okay. little for myself before and after. So here's the previously on Brokeback Bebop by Steven. Three, okay. two, one, go. Cool jazz. The gang's back at it again, hanging out there after a, a, a bounty. It's a hacker, but surprise, it's actually a terrorist. That terrorist setting off these neo bombs. He captures Faye. She's in trouble. She's knocked out. She's poisoned. Uh, Spike's running around looking for him, but he found this cool security guard chick that he wants to bang because she can kick his ass. Uh, Ed and and Ayn and Jed are hanging out on the bebop. They want them all to come home, but they're just kind of gooning around. Um, the terrorist dude was used to be part of this organization. He's got like the same tattoo as security guard girl, so that's kind of confusing. Stop. I don't know. I don't think you did that good of a job. What did I not talk about that happens in the first half of the movie other than the fight scenes? I just didn't feel like I was being told a story. Well, <laughs> Zach, that's not what you asked for. Yeah, that was fine. How about a B plus? Who cares? I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I'm honored to have been asked. <laughs> <laughs> Now that we are all caught up on the first half of the movie, let's dive into some trivia. I have got a whopping one question for you. Wow, Zach. I've got uh, six for you. Sounds great. Why don't you just run down the list, and I'll give you mine at the end if you don't take it. Okay. Uh, Who told Jet that ships can only do two things? I don't know. His mom? Ah, close. His dad. (laughs) For redemption, what were those two things that a ship can do? Fly and fuck. <laughs> you know, you got the right two letters for one of the words. Uh, float or sink. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, how long does a standard systems analysis take, Zach? Jesus, was I watching this half? <laughs> two hours. Ooh. Want another crack at that, bad boy? Clearly, I just want this to be over. <laughs> um, half a day, Zach. Mm-hmm. It, well, we don't know how long the days are in this world. Well, Maybe they're the on Mars, so they hours longer. Long, but it's the future. It's the future. They could have changed that. The sun does get bigger. What floor are the blood samples on? Oh, my God. I don't know any of these. They showed it and s- told it. Seven. Ooh, we're looking for level three. <laughs> uh, where's the Halloween parade happening? Outside. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for Alba City. <laughs> Where they have both the Eiffel Tower and the Twin Towers? Yeah, and Jessica Alba. She's real old here, but she's there. I have one left. You want to ask it? You want to ask yours, just in case you get to ask one? Yeah, which chess piece does Ayn mess with? Ooh, that would be the... It's written on it. Rook? Yes, good job. Nice. What giant floats are in the parade? Okay, there's a cat. There is? A black cat? Sure. black cat? Yeah, black cat. I'll take it. I don't think so. I don't know. Was there like a witch's hat? Not a was there a witch's hat one? <laughs> not technically. There were like several jack-o'-lanterns. I know that. Mm-hmm. What? What? 
<laughs> I think that you just gaslit me into thinking that there was a black cat. I don't think there's a black cat, Zach. Steven, I did not gaslight you. I would never gaslight you. Oh. I didn't tell you I was right. I just guessed. You said it really convincingly, though. <laughs> so I get a point. You believed it. <laughs> what were they? Uh, a star, a pumpkin, a ghost, a witch, and a jack-o'-lantern. And yes, there was a separate pumpkin and jack-o'-lantern. I said witch's hat. That's close. You did. <laughs> I'd like the record to show that I get one-eighth of a point. <laughs> but you wouldn't get one. a point for like, oh, there's a, there's a stem. There was like a stem attached. A stem? A stem. I didn't say stem. But like stem is attached to like the pumpkin and the jack-o'-lantern. If you had said stem, you would have not gotten the point. If there's a, a ghost, you wouldn't have gotten point. Like, oh, uh, an eye hole. There was an eye hole. <laughs> yeah, that big old float of an eye hole. <laughs> Give me those eye holes. Gotta have them. <laughs> Something orange? You might have gotten that one. Um, <laughs> those are all my questions. Mine too. Which means it's time, folks, uh, for the real star of the show. Daddy's Jesus. gonna show us how it's done. Don't We're build gonna it up figure too much. out if Zach comprehended this half of the movie this week. Week. Zach, it's, it's October. This is fitting. It's October right now. It's a spooky now. time. Have you watched Who anything knows? spooky yet? It could be any time when you're listening to it, but it is October right now. Do you say have I done anything spooky yet? Have you watched anything spooky yet? Uh, not since October, no, I guess. You haven't seen I Hocus to. Pocus 2 yet? Lily watched it and yet. said it was I good. I want to watch it. Yeah. I like Hocus Pocus. Did you see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? I have not seen a Marvel movie since Iron Man 3. Oh. Can I spoil something that's not really spoiling something? I mean, it doesn't bother me, but do you think it would bother the... the Spoiler alert, if you listening? haven't watched this mediocre movie... That's been out for a long time. Yeah, there's one part of it where literally, like, the, the special effects are so bad that Doctor Strange looks like Thaddeus Bigsby, or whatever the fuck his name is, the, like, oh zombie dude from Hocus Pocus. He looks exactly like uh, him. Thackeray Binks? Thackeray Binks, yeah. It looks Talk exactly about like bad that. CG. Have you watched The Book of Boba Fett? You haven't. No, is it bad? I don't like it that much. I think it's really boring, and like mm -hmm. the best episodes didn't have Boba Fett in them, and were just nice. the Mandalorian. Episodes. They were just Mandalorian. And, and here's kind of spoilers for Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett if you haven't watched it. The second season of The Mandalorian ended with Baby Yoda getting taken to Luke Skywalker to be trained and to become a Jedi, and there was this really uncanny fake face CGI Mark Hamill as nice. Luke Skywalker and he didn't say anything and he had kind of a badass moment and that was like the end of the season and it worked mm -hmm. it worked pretty well for being kind of cheesy graphics but in this episode of the book of Boba Fett there's like 15 minutes of bad CGI Luke Skywalker nice. uh, voiced over by Mark Hamill training baby Yoda and it just made my stomach hurt why I couldn't he just it. be in it was he busy because well, it takes place way before it takes place oh, like it's before uh, all that shit. I thought it was. It's after. after the original trilogy, before the new trilogy. Really? Yes. I thought it was like after. After. Oh, I guess that wouldn't make sense, would it? What do you mean? Well, because like Luke's dead. <laughs> there's no like empire anymore. There's not in this either. You haven't seen it. What are you talking about? I've seen the first season of The Mandalorian. Did you watch it? It's pretty good. I don't. I think, think it's great. I just haven't gotten around to the second season yet. It's post Empire pre First Order, and mm -hmm. all of the like people left over from the Empire don't really know what to do. That's fair. You see like tattered stormtroopers walking around and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's enough about that. 
that's I do not feel good about recapping the second half of this movie. Yeah, it's it's tough because like the first thirty minutes of the second half of this movie are like talking, like dialogue heavy. So like, good luck, Chief. And then the second half is very action heavy, and I got kind of lost in both. Yeah. All right, Zach, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Okay. You ready? No. Okay, three, two, one, go. Vincent is a man that cannot die with a chemical weapon that he's unleashing on Halloween, and all of the B-pop crew, including a girl named Electra, have different stakes in this matter. Faye has been kidnapped, but she escapes, and she's got Vincent's blood, so she can't die, and she's telling everybody where to go, and she's trying to make it rain. Spike gets uh, sent to jail and bonds with Electra, and then goes to find Vincent and has a fight with him on the Eiffel Tower, and he does the thing, and everybody gets infected, but then it rains with the cure, with the vaccine, and everybody lives. Stop! I thought I did okay, right? There's a lot a. I could have talked about. Really? Thank you. There's a lot I could have a. talked about, but I th- I thought I that was, was great. You got everything I wanted you to get. Nice. Well done, Zach. I didn't talk about Jet at all. It's okay. And spoiler alert for later, I should have because I really liked Jet yeah. in this half of the movie. Yeah. I gave you an A. Thank that you. That was great. I felt a lot better about that than you I thought. You got every major plot point. That was great. Good. Well, yeah. then let's dive into it. What do you think about the second half? What stands out to you about the story, about the visuals, about the music? About I wrote down of lots of important things. Great. I think that it's just incredible. The first half of the movie really reels you in with like all the action. It's a lot more like what's going on based. And the second half of this kind of starts with a slow burn, I think, which is, sure. is served well with how exciting the, the last 40 minutes of this movie are. It's all action. Yeah. I, it's, I think they, they really pace it well. Especially after the big intense scene on the monorail, we we go right into you know Spike's hurt, Electra is getting kicked out of the pharmaceutical company. They're trying to figure out, you know, we get more information about what and why the pharmaceutical company was involved in this nanovirus. We learn about the nanovirus and also yeah. how specifically Vincent ended up with the yeah. stuff that he ended up with. A scene that I I don't think I appreciated until this time watching it, Zach is. When Spike goes back to Lil Morocco mm-hmm. and finds... Uh, Tries to get uh, Rahid Rashid yeah. to spill the beans ah! on Vincent. I Thank really you. like that scene. Like, it, it's really kind of intense when they're talking about, like, the stuff. And I and obviously, like, they're talking in, in silly code where he's like, oh, yeah, that guy, he was here, he was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, obviously him, but... I, I like that scene a lot, and I think that it, it tells us so much about why Vincent, like, that's the thing. He's not, a like, a, a person with, like, political motivations. He's just lost his shit. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna fuck shit up. I think I'd like to analyze that then a little bit, his, mm-hmm. like, situation. So let's break down his backstory a mm-hmm. little bit. He got injected with, like, the the vaccine, yeah, he was a soldier. They created this thing. Mm-hmm. They sent a bunch of them to to Jupiter's moon Titan, mm-hmm. uh, Jupiter's which is where he moon. was thought to have died. Yeah, and because basically everyone else there did, they gave them mm-hmm. this disease, and most of the bodies couldn't sustain it, I guess, or mm-hmm. they couldn't handle it. Whatever it was, it wasn't right. They all died except him. He was just by himself on this fucking moon going crazy and was like, you know, why am I alive? He lost his memory. He lost his sense of self. He lost his mind. There are these fucking shiny butterflies all around him. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's living in, like, a constant state of, like, batshit 
nuts. He's mentally ill. He's detached from reality. Yeah, he's got a shit ton of nanobots in his brain that are Been like there. causing him to lose his his grasp on reality. The fact that he thinks he's in a dream and is constantly trying to do something to die to wake up. And he basically thinks he's just got to end the world to make it all stop. Yeah. Vincent's a cool villain. He's or a cool antagonist. Villain. I want to say antagonist cuz you know, he's not a he's not a good guy, but I guess he's not necessarily the villain of the movie. I think the pharmaceutical company is pretty shitty as well. I really like that about this movie and especially in the second half just not just the villainy of the pharmaceutical company, but what they say about how just useless the pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. and the government are when to solving these problems. Yeah. They just want to scrub it to make it. It's, oh my God, there are so many COVID parallels in this movie. They just want to scrub every mention of it. Mm -hmm. So if it's out of sight, out of mind, but this thing's going to happen and everybody's going to die. Yeah. And they're not looking for a solution. They're not looking to prevent anything. They're, I don't know. They're just fucking everything up. Yeah. I, I wrote down that I love that there's a portion of this movie that you're seeing kind of all three perspectives between the Bebop crew, or four mm-hmm. even. You're seeing the Bebop crew, you're seeing Vincent, you're seeing the ISSP, you're seeing the medical company, like all of those, and, and we're shown them from their perspective. Like we're seeing what they're doing, not related necessarily in every moment to the other factions. And I think that's a really cool like place to be because there are so many moving pieces in this movie, but I think that they still manage to have all those moving parts without it getting too confusing. There are a couple of moments where you're like, wait, what's going on? Which people, mm-hmm. which, who are they? Sure. But like, you know, I think it's not too hard to grasp what's, what's happening. At least what the goals are mm-hmm. and who we're trying to beat and who we are working with that kind yeah, of thing. I think, I really think cool. that this half of the movie has some of my favorite jet character work of the mm-hmm. entire series. I love the part where Ayn is messing with the chessboard and he kind of gives a speech about how he misses being on his own and people yeah. just come and go as they please. Kind of like speaks the point of the show, the found family of the yeah. show, and how frustrated he is with it. But then later on when he gets a call from Faye and Spike shows back up. He's pissed, but he's also so happy that his people are coming back. And I just think it's a really interesting exploration of Jet's character after he didn't do so much in the first half of the movie. I really like Yeah, I think that's a more mature, I guess it's not really redeeming, but pre-deeming of himself for when he and Spike are in the bar after, Mm -hmm. you know, Faye and Ed leave in the episodic run of the show. And he's kind of like, you know, like, fuck them, you know, fuck women and kids. Like, we don't want them around. This is more him, like, being a little more honest with himself. Absolutely honest. And I think that's really, really cool to see and carries a lot of weight in a scene that that could get overlooked, but I think it's so important. You know, even when he, like, gets mad at Ayn for touching the game because he wants to finish it with Spike. That's some real shit, you know? Yeah. And he, he misses them, and he wants them to be okay, but he still has to put on this front like he's pissed when they show up, because he is pissed when they show and back up. And he also can't let himself be that honest, because there is always the chance that yeah. these people won't make it, or that they'll just flat out not come back. Mm-hmm. So he would rather admit to, he wouldn't like to admit to himself that he's waiting for Spike to come finish mm-hmm. the game, or all that. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's sad. It's interesting, the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything you want to touch on before we get into the two big action sequences? There is. I want to talk about a couple things that I wrote down before I I cream at my mouth a little bit. 
Oh my god. I really liked the piano and string song that played when Jet and Spike were talking at the beginning of this half when they were looking at like mm-hmm. the Twin Towers. That was a really cool, a lot of really good like background music that was used as background music as opposed to being a parallel to the scenes. Those those are great too. Right. But there's a lot of really kind of more subtle music in this half that's really kind of nice and sets the tone really well. I also, there was a really iconic shot that like when I think Cowboy Up, one of the images in my head is, is in that scene where he's about to talk to the doctor that created the shit mm-hmm. he's like kind of it's an offset from the middle of this like big staircase where he's on it like smoking a cigarette yeah and that like shot the is ash really is cool. hanging off yeah I've seen... yeah that shot's really cool something that now i've watched with cowboy bebop that bugs me i've seen that shot and plenty of other shots from cowboy bebop like shared on facebook uh-huh. with text underneath them that is that not is from not the show. from the show absolutely it's just of some like emo like yeah you know some people will like you for you and some people will hate you and you just gotta make do like no something yeah weird that They're is never the not right. from the show <laughs> it pisses me off every time because i see it and i'm like oh cowboy bebop i i like that moment i remember that image mm-hmm. and then what yeah I also really, really liked the jail cell-like shots. The animation there and illustrations were really pretty. I think it's because they didn't have to do any background work. They could really focus on, especially Electra, like the way her hair moved and like the shadows on her were like flawless. That was great. I really loved watching Spike as he was kind of testing if he could slip through the bars. Yeah. Not, like, sticking each leg through it. Cool, fluid animation all over this thing. Absolutely. So another scene that I want to hear your thoughts on, Zach, uh-huh. because this is one of those that like anime twitter loves this scene okay because sometimes it's applauded for its realistic use of physics sometimes you're talking it's, about the titties i already know yeah when he cuts her shirt open and they fall kind of to the side more a little more realistic but that's a very iconic scene from this movie as well that, that has caused a lot of discussion in the online community i think it makes it look like they has actual weighted boobs that yeah. do not sit perfectly and do one each go to the opposite side of the Which in anime is not down. a thing, Zach. They I just... think that's great. However, I think talking about it is icky because of the subject matter of that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I almost wish the film would have dove a little deeper into how traumatic what Faye goes mm-hmm. through in the first half and in the beginning of this half because when she comes back she doesn't even really get to tell them i was yeah exactly abducted and tortured and mm-hmm. he kissed and her almost and, assaulted yeah. yeah or was assaulted i don't know so i don't he know he was talking about re- repopulating the fucking earth with her like during shit. that moment of the movie i wasn't thinking about getting us a, a, a protractor out to to compare the titties well when you see it enough times zach there's only so much you can do right you, know? <laughs> you stop <laughs> you run out of stuff options about eight times in you're just looking at the titties mm-hmm. that's everything i had before the two big action sequences i think the aerial chase i'll be honest that's the part where i lose track of what we're doing here i lose track of what the goal in that scene is and the different Uh, parties cutting back See, that's what i count as one of the two big action sequences well that's what i was talking about okay i do too i think that dog fighting scene is incredible i think the the song that's over it is amazing i have good things to say about that too i think the song that they play over it and i think that scene is the most TV show classic mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop sequence. The Absolutely. music sounds straight out of one of the episodes, and the aerial chase feels like a souped-up, higher-budget version of the type yeah. of chases that they'd have on the show. It goes for a lot longer, too, than it could in a TV show because right. they have the longer time. 
I think it's super cool. I get what you mean about kind of like fading out because it goes on for so long and that's like all what the pieces are moving behind it. That is crazy, especially the ending of that. Holy shit, the last yeah. scene of it is like nuts in like the Sakuga value, which I think I've mentioned before, but for those who don't know, Sakuga is like moments of like really detailed and mm-hmm. like good animation where they like they probably spent a whole lot of money on three seconds of animation and stuff mm-hmm. but it's usually just it, it just goes up right. to a higher frames per second it count makes a difference yeah yeah for sure that whole dogfight scene and they i maybe they use a little bit of cg in that but most of it looks pretty there was definitely some cg in well this is one of the things i think is really cool i love the world building in this movie seeing how this future society uh, mm-hmm. lives and breathes in a different way because you have more time i really yeah. thought the tubed highway yeah. It was kind of in the middle of a long gap in land was really neat. I think when they're going around in that area that there's some CGI. Yeah, that's yeah. I think but they so. have, I'm sure, more of a CGI budget. And mm-hmm. the difference from the show originally aired in 1998, but they yeah. probably produced it in 97, 96. Uh-huh. To a movie that was made in what? A 2000? movie that was made in 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Even just those couple of years, that's when that technology is really moving forward. Yeah. What do you want? Do you have anything else about the air chase that you'd like to talk about? A little bit, just because I want to talk yeah, about, I guess it's technically right after the air chase, but before we get into the last fight, the parade scene, mm-hmm. really good animation there, but I want to mention a movie called Paprika. It's by mm-hmm. Satoshi Kon, who also did Perfect Blue, which is one of those movies that a lot of Hollywood blockbusters take a lot from like even like scene for scene like black swan and inception took a I lot think of stuff told from me paprika. About that before yeah yeah and paprika is the one that inception took a lot of scenes from but there's a parade scene in paprika that's an absolute mind fuck mm-hmm. and this kind of reminded me as of like uh a little bit that but there's like 10 percent of what's happening on the screen in as in paprika but definitely if you want to see some trippy shit or if you want to get really out of your normal mind space and watch a movie, Paprika is a good one to do that too. And a lot of the animation for that reminded me of it because it's kind of Halloween-y as well. Cool. Maybe I'll have to watch that for part of my spooky month. That'd be great. Okay, so then we get the big climactic top of the Eiffel Tower final showdown between Spike and Vincent, which goes on for a long time and feels so brutal the mm-hmm. way that they just beat the shit out of each other and then stop and and kind of are are worn out and then they come back at it and yeah. beat the shit out of each other again really intense really brutal really scary and really climactic yeah i think that's one of the finest hand-to-hand fights in just animation period i i wrote down two names that i want to like really talk about how just brilliant and amazing Great. they are consistently and you should like look up their imdb and just <laughs> go or really just go on youtube and type in one of their names and then sakuga and you'll get like a 30 minute long video wow. with cool music of like scenes that they've done but toshihiro kawamoto is mm-hmm. the animation director overall for the movie and a lot mm-hmm. of the show and he works studio bones has done full metal alchemist my hero mob psycho or in high school host club, like all sorts of different stuff that have like really cool and and groundbreaking animation stuff that happens in them. So he has a huge part in the character design as well in the movie and cool stuff like that. But also Yutaka Nakamura is my favorite animator in just life in general ever. And he also Mm -hmm. does a lot of Studio Bone stuff. But his signature is normally like these giant like explosions where before the impact frame where everything happens, everything basically breaks into like cubes and then explodes. Which like shows some really cool like depth and things breaking apart. He also did a lot of like Mob Psycho, Full Metal, My Hero, other anime movies and stuff like that. But he's the um, action animation 
director for the movie and show and thing like that. And so he like does actually like the choreography and all the like animation for like the fights. And this the choreography is like some in of the this just scene best was stuff. great. It was it's just so every fluid movement and heavy. is very accurately planned out and thought out. And you can just, I don't know if they used real life models to, to animate yeah. this, but it looks as if they did. They lo- It looks practically live action. Yeah. Even the moments like you were talking about when between hits, normally in like an anime, like Dragon Ball Z fight, it's just punching, 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 punching. But they take a second punching. to be like, oh, God, that yeah. hurt. Yeah. Or even like when they kind of like shake it off and are like mm-hmm. getting their stance back up and are ready to like go back at it, like sizing up their opponent. Like it's so smartly done and had to have taken just so much time. I can't imagine how much time it takes to even conceptualize the choreography for this fight, nonetheless to draw it and connect it and have it look smooth. Like, that's insane to me. This second half of the movie in these two action sequences gives us two of the best things Cowboy Bebop, the show, did in the flashy, snappy, jazzy, fun, aloof sequences like the air chase Mm -hmm. and then the near silent (sighs) feeling not in this scene but like the falling rain like oh yeah but there there are moments where it's you just hear the fighting right it's so heavy because it's like oh shit this isn't a game anymore you know we know spike's gonna get away in the dog fight the show did really well and they're able to do it again for this movie to show like yes the show can be fun in its action but also these characters are in danger and they can get hurt and people die in this world and it's very Mm -hmm. intense so good i think the the butterfly scene at the end Mm -hmm. while a little bit confusing is still really cool and really like powerful when he's like you know before i die well uh sorry electra comes in she's like hey i'm gonna shoot you and he's like i'm gonna shoot you and then everyone's pointing a gun at someone else yeah and the shot goes off. It's one of those iconic, mm-hmm. like, you hear the boom, but which gun went off and who got shot. And it was Electra who shot Vincent, yes? Yeah, it was. Because Vincent recognized Electra as a woman that he had been in love with in the past. Mm-hmm. And, like, out, out of his haze for a yeah. second and was Do you think to that because the more of the antidote was in the air, he, like, kind of breathed that in? Maybe that, like, cleared his head a little bit? They don't say that expressly, but... I have no idea. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I like the, a cool thing with that shot because even in the show, they do this at least twice where they end an episode with a gunshot and you see mm-hmm. the next episode whether or not somebody got shot right. or who got shot. But instead of like going to like black screen cut to Vincent on the ground, they kind of pan across the mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower, but there's like a beam blocking all three of the characters so you can't really see it. And so you're like trying to almost like peek through to see who's yeah. like down. And I think that was really, really smart. Really and something smart. that I wish more stuff would do because that's really it doesn't take away from the tension but it does take away from the okay i'm gonna know as soon as this black screen goes away who's been shot and i think that's really cool and when they stretch it out just another couple of seconds yeah oh my god i can't see what is it yeah yeah you're right that's neat i didn't notice Mm -hmm. that i think the the ending to the movie works really well Mm -hmm. the usage of rain and the the feel that the end of the movie has as the rain falls kind of a more I don't know, kind of not a lighter tone, but kind of like a new day type of feeling yeah. that the, the, the movie goes into. Well, at the end, and Jed even really says well. bringing the rain to wash the world clean, you know, and he's talking both about like the disease, obviously, or the nanobots, but it also kind of cleansed them of this really heavy experience where they all right. were in about to die situations. Right. That's something that we didn't mention a lot that in that scene earlier on with Jet and Spike. I love that the movie... Because it's longer, it takes time for 
the characters to have the time to be like, oh shit, we've gotten into something deep, and mm-hmm. this isn't just about making some money anymore. This is about nobody but us can stop this. Yeah. And should we even be involved? Yeah, I think it's great. And I think the ending is great. And Jet's line about racial cleansing or whatever is great. Yeah. I want want to know how you're feeling, Zach. I remember after I watched this movie, like Mm -hmm. I said, it was after the run of the show. There was no talk about a live action Kyle Bebop at the time, Mm -hmm. at least not to my knowledge. But it just made me kind of feel so bittersweet because I just watched this awesome bit of cinema that I'm like, I love this now. I know I'm going to watch this again, but it made me like, damn, I wish that there was more It's still done. Adventures. It's still over. Yeah. That's the last thing I want to ask you. That's the conversation that I want to have as we wrap this up. This movie is extra of a show that had a perfect mm-hmm. beginning, middle, and ending. And it smartly doesn't jump through a bunch of hoops to have big revelations. We talked mm-hmm. about that last week. But once it's done... I don't know. What does this add to Bebop's legacy? I love the movie. I don't have anything negative to say about it, but I would love to hear what you think or have a discussion about what we think about why it's important that they did come back to the world and and Mm -hmm. make this movie, even if it doesn't change any of the history that we know comes after it. I think that this movie, for me at least, just reminds me of how amazing the show is and and how high the highs, because as perfect as I think the show, or as close to perfect as I think the show is, I think that it, there's still m- more potential that could have yeah. been reached. You know, this movie just shows like you can tell a story that has nothing to do with Julia and Vicious and it be yeah. incredible. You can have these fight scenes, you know, it just sucks that, I mean, I'm, I'm happy the show came out when it did because it pushed a lot of things forward in terms of storytelling in an anime. And but it was ahead of, of its time and yeah. done a lot more than what it got the chance to do. And just two years later, this animation, the fighting, like the, that last fight what for me. What could like, the show have done in the early 2000s? There's a part where yeah. like Vincent like swings, Spike like ducks, and then Spike like hits him square in the face. And you see, instead of like an impact of Vincent flying back, you just see rain explode off yeah. of it. And that's like such a cool thing that now people do that all the time worse <laughs> with like blood and stuff like that. But they like, were that's doing such it way better thing. with way less. Yeah, it's just so impressive. Way and before. it shows like with this world, you can do so much. And it honestly, I wish that instead of Netflix picking up the live action and making it what they did, someone like HBO or something picked it up and made it a 45 minute an episode long, like really did it and made it more gritty than campy the show's campy it is it has i haven't seen it. it i'm looking forward to it we'll see what like i like the animated it. one is even it has some camp to it but had really captured that tone of it i think it would have maybe gone a little differently you know so i guess well i'm excited to look at the live action now and see i haven't looked at it this closely and you'll be able to while, watch it so. with tempered expectations mm-hmm. because you kind of know what it is already even if yeah. you're looking at it differently now what i want to say about the movie and the legacy of the show and all that i think the movie is really important because even though we know how it ends and this doesn't change any of that that makes the meaningful moments of just the crew being together and mm-hmm. comfortable so much more meaningful like during the credits when we see just a shot of ed fishing and i'm mm-hmm. sitting next to her and all of the stuff about jet worrying about his family and all of them yeah like the revolving door of coming in and out of the bebop it's really cool to see that 
with the knowledge that it doesn't last much longer after this. Mm-hmm. And I think the movie is so great, like I've mentioned, for expanding the world of the show. Yeah. The, the show is so focused on the characters that it doesn't have time to teach us about the setting. This doesn't still have time to teach us about the setting, but we spend a lot more time in the setting. We see a lot more of the people, of mm-hmm. the activities that they go about as they walk around the street. I think that part of the movie is so, so cool to see yeah. the living, breathing world that this show took place in. Absolutely. Well, I think we've done it. I think we've successfully recapped across these two episodes the Cowboy Bebop movie. Do you think so? I think so, Zach. Well, let's do our Captain of the Bebop for the last time in the animated incarnation. I basically gave mine away already, so I'll go first. I think it's Jet. I mm-hmm. love the Jet stuff in this. Obviously, Spike and Vincent have some epic, epic showings, but I think Jet is the heart of this half of the film and yeah. stood out to me a lot. I am kind of surprised by my choice. I'm going to give honorable mentions to Spike and Jet. I went with Faye for the second half mm-hmm. of the movie. I think she has a really strong chunk when she's like escaping from being tied up and, she like, escapes she gets all the knowledge that everyone else yeah. needs to move forward with she the save. was face to face with the psychopath and like made it out okay you know she gets in there to get the the weather balloons and make it rain like she yeah. orchestrates like a big chunk of this i think that her character shines through i love her dialogue i like how i don't know why face stood out to me so much this time in the second half i mean obviously I Spike was great I can face, see but like right. i I really was impressed with Faye in this cool. this chunk of the movie. I thought it was true. And by the way, we talked about it last week. Her hair is black in this it's movie. It's black in this movie, yeah. Why? It's purple in the show, right? It's purple in the show. It definitely is, right? Maybe it was always supposed to be black, but the saturation got fucked up. That could be true. Because Spike's honestly, hair is like green in the, the show. That's true. But it's not really might be right. super green all the time. Yeah. Well, with this, we have wrapped up the original run of Cowboy Bebop, the show wow. and the movie. And next time we'll be back to cross over into Rocky territory with the first episode of the Cowboy Bebop live action Netflix season. I believe the first episode is called Cowboy Gospel. Mm -hmm. We'll be back to talk about that next time. And I'm excited and nervous to see what live action brings and takes away from Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) All right. This is a lot of fun. This is great. Anything you want to say last as we wrap up the animated run of the show? You know, Zach, I'm happy that we're on this journey together. This is a really special show to me, and I'm happy to get to share it with you and share it with all the listeners out there. We know you piggies like to eat this shit up, and we'll be back with a hot steaming pile of slop next time. Slop it up! Bye-bye! Happiness is just a word to me, and it might have meant a thing or two if I'd know the difference. Emptiness, a lonely parody And my life another smoking gun A sign of my indifference Always keeping safe inside When no one ever had a chance To penetrate a break-in Let me tell you, some have tried But I'll slam the door so tight That they can never get in Sign of my condition The fear of love or bitter vanity It kept me on the run The main defense of my confession I kept a chain upon my door That would shake the shame of gain Into a blind submission
Thanks for listening. Support this show and our podcast network at patreon.com slash can'tdisappointpodcast, where starting at $5 a month, you can get immediate access to all 40 outrageous sessions of Brokeback Bebop. See you next time, Space Cowboy. Let's go!